Hello, everyone, and welcome to Heard on the Street, Street Fight's podcast where we uncover the stories behind the companies, and more importantly, the people that constitute this sector of media and advertising that we all call local. So where are they from? What makes them tick? What business and life lessons can we draw from that? So I'm Mike Boland, lead analyst at Street Fight, and our guest today is Scott Gordon, who is VP of Research at Polaris Wireless, which specializes in 3D mobile location technology. So we talked to Scott from our studio in San Francisco about the trends he's tracking and the best practices he's exercising. So here's our discussion with Scott. So Scott, welcome to the program. Hi, Mike. Thanks for having me. Yep. Uh, So we have a lot to talk about, including diving deeper into some of the things I just mentioned. But first, let's start with a quick intro for you and for Polaris Wireless, for those unfamiliar. Yeah, as you mentioned, Polaris Wireless is a company that uh, provides location in a number of different uh, verticals. Uh, We've been around for 20 plus years, Uh, originally got started to serve the 911 market back Mm. in the late Mid to late 90s, the FCC, uh, you know, pushed the carriers to deliver uh, location for wireless callers. And at that time, uh, if you recall, handsets were not nearly as equipped with sensors and the like uh, to do location. So we had a clever idea to use uh, measurements the device could provide at the time uh, and use a technology called RF fingerprinting, which we still use today, uh, although that's not the topic of our, dis- of our discussion. But mm-hmm. uh, that, that's how Polaris got started. And uh, I've been with them for 16 years or so and uh, currently lead the research team where we get to do all sorts of interesting stuff that pertain to uh, location. That's great. And uh, looking forward to kind of sinking our teeth into a a lot of those uh, kind of dynamics, particularly, you know, 3D location and what that entails as opposed to kind of traditional methods of GPS and other methodologies for gathering location data. So we're going to spend a lot of time kind of uh, doing just that. But first, what we'll do is for for some more context, um, as we like to do on our show, is kind of hit the rewind button, find out a little bit more about you and kind of how you got into all of this. Um, So kind of, you know, start start at the beginning in terms of like a your kind of uh, career path and kind of leading up to the present. Yeah, my I guess my interest in technology, uh, you'd have to go back to the college days nice. uh, where I started out as a, a mechanical engineering major and quickly learned that uh, I liked uh, computers and programming and uh, was also fascinated by communications and electrical engineering uh, fit the niche there. So uh, I went went ahead and got my undergraduate degree in electrical engineering and my master's degree at the University of Washington, and then I started out in uh, the the industry uh, with a with a company that did something called smart antennas, and so that was my my first uh, job in the wireless space, if you will, um, and I really enjoyed my work there, doing a number of different things, RF engineering, system engineering, and the like, and. Uh, in the early 2000s, uh, Polaris came knocking on my door, and uh, I've been with them ever since. And yeah, I really enjoy working in, in, in this space. A uh, lot of creative problems, interesting stuff for, for those who are, 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 are like-minded um, and, and, and like to do engineering kind of things. So yeah, I really enjoyed my time at Polaris thus far, and, and we're continue, continuing to innovate and do interesting things. So 
that's, uh, uh, I guess, a 30-second spiel into my hmm. uh, background and how I got interested in this area. Yeah, absolutely. That's great. So let's now kind of go one level deeper on Polaris. I'm, I'm fascinated by this concept of you know 3D location as an analyst that's been looking at uh, kind of local commerce, local and mobile technologies um, for you know more than the past decade or so. Um, it, it's certainly kind of the the accuracy, the precision of location technologies has always been this kind of gap and this kind of holy grail thing. And that plays out in lots of ways. I spend a lot of time looking at media and ad targeting, but there's also lots of things around you know, use cases like like public safety and, and other things where like, you know, precision in, in location and the underlying technology to achieve that, I can see a lot of value there. So I guess to, to start off that discussion, tell us a little bit more about, you know, 3D location and, and kind of what's meant by that. Yeah, historically, uh, GPS has been what, uh, you know, last 10 years has sort of been the state of the art and people have fused Wi-Fi positioning and Bluetooth positioning, but all of that has predominantly been in a 2D space. Yep. Um, and more and more, you know, these these smartphones uh, are being used in, in large buildings, in urban centers, and you can imagine sending a, a, an emergency person to, a, a, you know, a 30-story building and an XY location in that case is is useful, no doubt, but it would be quite some time uh, before they might find somebody if they're on the 27th floor, if they have to go and search each floor individually. Sure. So so the idea is to add a, a another dimension to what typically has been a two-dimensional problem. That's what we call the Z dimension, and that's why it's called three-dimensional positioning. Um, so so we've been at work at, uh, on, on doing just this for the last four or five years. Um, what our technology primarily relies on today is is a barometric pressure reading that the devices can provide you. Um, if, if you if you have uh, any sort of atmospheric uh, sciences background, you probably know that uh, as you move up in in the atmosphere, the the weight or the the column of air that sits above you uh, is going to be lighter, and so you can detect with pretty good precision uh, what your altitude is based based on the readings that that uh, a smartphone can provide you. Absolutely. That's that's very interesting. And, you know, you mentioned the additional dimension and in this case, like the Z axis. Um, are, are there opportunities to add other dimensions of, I guess, in this case, meaning where in addition to just location, raw location, X, Y, Z, um, there is the ability to add things such as places, points of interest, a certain floor on a building pertains to a certain company that occupies that floor, or if you're in a shopping mall, the which store you might be in, um, I could see that particular additional dimension of meaning perhaps be relevant for you know lots of different use cases that come downstream. But is that something that you guys are thinking about as well? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, from an actionable standpoint, uh, altitude is nice. Mm -hmm. um, you know, knowing that you're 50, 60 meters above sea level, say, is 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 useful in some contexts, but in many many others, it's not. And so, developing mechanisms to translate that at a minimum to a floor level mm -hmm. would would be quite useful. So we are working on that. And you know, I agree with you. The the I you know a lot of a lot of the advertisers and the and the like want to attribute where you've been. And if you're in a if you're in a mall, you know, if you don't know if you're on the first, second, third floor, it'd be difficult to attribute exactly which store you went into. So this would provide additional context 
um, to be able to, to add that attribution. Um, that's one example, I guess, where you'd find it quite useful from, from a marketing standpoint. Yeah, and I like the example of, you know, which how actual, you know, uh, distance above sea level correlates to or equates to like what floor. I mean, that's obviously important in the kind of emergency response um, example you gave earlier where, you know, first responders don't have to do the math of, you know, how many feet above sea level pertains to which floor, but actually a floor reading is a lot more useful in that situation. Yeah, and, and, it, and, it, and it gets even more challenging than that. But yeah, that's a start, right? If you know you're 27 floors above ground, that that's very, very helpful. And it, and, and it, but it may require them to still do a little math because you sometimes have ground floors, mezzanines, and the like. So, or the so topography it, of the the land that the building sits on, if the, if that starts, you know, 40 feet above sea level, right? Yeah, and that's where the mapping comes into play. Yeah. You, you know, you need you need a pretty robust database that that understands the uh, position in 3D space of the building, so that you can map it uh, accordingly with the with the estimate that you get from the device for 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 altitude. Mm-hmm. Very interesting. Now, um, let's talk about how that kind of translates into you know, where Polaris kind of sits in the value chain. Um, you know, we just talked about a few of the kind of the valuable use cases and, and endpoints of that data. Um, so so how is the, the product kind of, um, you know, manifest in terms of how you serve different types of companies? Is it a product that, you know, th- they buy the technology? Is it kind of a SaaS model or like who, who are those constituents, I guess? And then how do they how do they work with you? Yeah, for for so we sort of have two different uh, major categories that we would serve. There's there's the there's the E nine one one caller. In that case, we're generally working with a carrier, mm-hmm. and you know that would require integration uh, in some way, shape, or form with a carrier network. So that that's a little different model because of the way nine one one positioning works. Uh, it's 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 unique in that uh, the carrier is responsible in that case. Uh, for compliance with any FCC rules that uh, might be in place, um, which there are currently for for Z access, it's sort of a new thing. They they have to be able to position a user within three meters eighty um, percent of the time. Mm. So that's one model is delivering it to a carrier and 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 being a part of maybe their their core infrastructure. Uh, the other is more what we what you're referring to is over the top. And in, in this case, you know any 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 application that has a location function and, and thinks that they could leverage a 3D position uh, could either integrate an S- with an SDK that we provide. They could integrate our SDK into their, into their app. Um, or we would also provide <clears throat> an interface, basically, uh, an over-the-top interface. So they would be responsible for um, you know, gathering measurements on the device and, and shipping them to, to our server where we would provide an altitude estimate, and, there, and there's a lot of different way different ways we can we can uh, divide the responsibility between the device and the server. Some of the calculations can be on the server, some can be on the device. There are um, privacy aspects that we have to be concerned with, and, and the like. So there, there's a lot of a uh, lot of different ways that we can do this, but uh, the, the two the, the two mechanisms we have in place today again are carrier based, and then uh, a server that we provide. Uh, along with an SDK. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So we're actually going to pause there for a commercial break. When we come back, more from Scott. Hello, everyone. This is Mike Bolin, lead analyst at Street Fight, and I'd like to talk to you today about Brandify, which is Street Fight's parent company. 
It's a local marketing company that provides a range of services for brands with brick and mortar store locations. So that's everything from retail stores to restaurants and moving companies and banks and healthcare providers and several other verticals. And Brandify manages the digital outposts where most consumers encounter these businesses today. So we're talking Google Maps and Facebook, Yelp, Apple Maps and Bing. And the name of the game is really to create a compelling presence on these sites and apps and to engage with consumers more effectively using advanced reputation management tools. And this is all really compelled by the fact that 97% of consumers regularly search online for local businesses. So brands today can't afford to be missing from all those channels or lack multimedia content or contact information or visible responses to customer feedback. So Brandify synthesizes and optimizes all these channels through a local market platform and it's all about standing out and winning the loyalty and lifetime value of tech savvy consumers so to learn more visit brandify.com so we're back my guest is Scott Gordon so Scott before the break we were talking about Polaris wireless it's uh, 3d location technology the explanations behind kind of how that work in adding a z-axis to the traditional kind of method of of, um, of collecting and inferring location from mobile devices um, and the types of companies you work with so let's go one level deeper on that and talk about you know any kind of you know of those use cases that you mentioned um, and you know how the technology has been deployed by some of those customers or constituents and the value that they've kind of seen there as a result. Yeah, I think there's a couple use cases we can draw from here. One would be, uh, you mentioned it earlier, is attribution. Mm. Uh, you know, the, the, the marketing companies would like to uh, know uh, where they can attribute a, you know, an individual's visit, uh, what store, uh, they can, you know, uh, specifically that they can attribute if we went to a Starbucks or to a McDonald's or uh, any number of, uh, of, of spaces that they uh, would be interested in knowing who and which individuals uh, visited. So, again, I think the marketing aspect is, is, a, is an interesting use case that, that we see a lot of value um, for, our, for our potential customers and our customers. Um, and then the other space is public safety. The... You know, one one use case that we have is uh, for hotel workers. Hmm. Um, it turns out that many uh, states are, are are writing rules for to, to protect hotel staff, and I guess it never occurred to me that it's a problem until you, you know a year or two ago when it was when it was introduced to me. But it 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 apparently is not uncommon for a hotel worker to go into a room and be met by a unruly customer oh, wow. and. So there's these these panic buttons that uh, that exist or, um, that uh, would alert, you know, that there's a problem that they can press, and of course, knowing which floor and where they are on that floor is is very important so that somebody can come and give them assistance. So that's uh, uh, one public safety application. Of course, others are um, uh, more driven towards public safety um, officials, uh, police officers, firefighters, and the like. Uh, you know, anytime they're entering a building, uh, a commanding officer on the scene would, would like to know where they're at. And that includes, uh, of course, not just an X and Y location, but a Z location as well. 
So I guess those are the three examples that uh, that we see uh, a lot of utility uh, for our app for our technology. Yeah, that's very interesting. And and as you kind of mentioned, though, they're, they're all so logical, and it leads me to believe that there are probably others out there, right? And, and I'm wondering where are the areas that you believe that are potentially underserved or that map particularly well to your value proposition that represent possible areas of expansion, um, whether that be a particular functionality or use case expansion, or perhaps some of those similar things you're doing, but in like new verticals, like you mentioned hotels, that makes a lot of sense. You know, one that comes to mind for me is maybe large sporting events or, you know, I don't know, the mind can kind of wander, but I guess overall, where are the areas of expansion, either functional or vertical that, that, uh, you believe are opportune yeah i don't th that's a good question and you know one one area that uh would be particularly interesting in today's environment um that 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 we've thought a little bit about is you know with the coronavirus um you know just people interacting with one another sure. and knowing knowing you know who came into contact with who and if you had a knowledge of who the uh, infected people were, you know, you could alert to and some, where they've somebody been to, to a high level where, of precision, yeah, where yeah. they where they've been, who they've come into contact with. Um, you know, there's some privacy concerns around that. Sure. But I think uh, in, in this day and age where there's uh, such heightened concern, maybe maybe people would be willing to cede some of that some of that for it could be for the greater good. Yeah, yeah, opt in. Exactly. Um, so that that's uh, one area uh, that uh, we're looking into that uh, might be might be of interest. Uh, but like you said, anytime really there's an XY location, uh, a corresponding Z can be helpful, um, you know, especially when you're in urban areas and, and there's, uh, you know, multi-story buildings. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, and I think the example you gave, I think is very timely. So speaking of, you know, things that are emerging, you know, new opportunities, one thing that always comes to mind for us when we're talking about um, location technologies and location precision is the advent of 5G. Um, you know, a lot of people, when they hear 5G, they think, you know, low latency, faster speeds, and, and all those things are certainly true. Uh, but, but one thing that I kind of get uh, excited about as a topic is the potential implications for location precision uh, because we're talking about a low-range, high-frequency signal. Therefore, the base stations have to be clustered more densely, which leads to being able to get a you know better triangulation besides the actual millimeter wavelength um, you know, uh, abilities of the technology itself. So a lot of underlying stuff there just has some implications for, for precision. So how does that kind of feed into or support the message that you guys have been um, kind of conveying for, for years, which is, you know, just greater precision, in your case with the Z-axis, uh, how, how does 5G, you know, come along and, and support or amplify kind of what you guys are already doing? Yeah, so our technology is what we would call a hybrid technology, meaning that uh, we fuse multiple pieces of information into the location problem. Mm -hmm. So anytime we can get new information uh, that, that pertains to location, we, we can fold that into mm. the overall problem. Um, it just so happens today that barometric pressure is the most meaningful measurement for, from an altitude estimation perspective. Sure. That doesn't mean that Wi-Fi or 5G um, can't be leveraged in the future, and it should improve things. Uh, 5G, like you said, if it's deployed in uh, you know, the upper bands, it, it provides uh, a short range, so you they're, they're going to be highly dense, the, these networks. Um, but furthermore, they, you know, these are 
oftentimes going to be arrays of uh, emitters that uh, are associated with each base station. And that can give you some angle, angle information, both horizontally and vertically. So there's uh, perhaps a wealth of information that we could extract in the future with, uh, with 5G that uh, we don't have today, and that will only help. Yeah, it seems like it would, if nothing else, potentially feed into what we were talking about earlier by validating things like POI data, point of interest data, with additional levels of meaning of, you know, which store you might be in. And I know that that's already done to some degree with with Wi-Fi, uh, knowing the actual kind of identity of that Wi-Fi node to be able to kind of, you know, feed in additional information about where you ha might happen to be. Would 5G assist in that angle? Yeah, I think so. I think so. Um, again, you know, Wi-Fi and 5G from a density perspective uh, will look probably very similar. Yeah, yeah. Um, it remains to be seen. Uh, but so, yeah, a lot of the same attributes that you have with Wi-Fi uh, mm -hmm. should be present with 5G nodes. Um, they do have the uh, added benefit, perhaps, of being more carrier managed. So, um, if you're if you are working with a carrier who who knows exactly where these things are, um, that would also help. Uh, whereas in Wi-Fi, you're typically crowdsourcing crowdsourcing their location. Well, that makes sense. You have essentially one point of, you know, the source as opposed to the fragmented world of the way that you know Wi-Fi networks are set up, and they all have individual owners and keepers. Correct. Yeah, exactly. So you know, it would it would this would be more of a you know, a, a cooperative um, scenario where maybe you're serving 911 community mm -hmm. and working with the carrier so that they could give you those, the, you know, the exact position of those. But yeah, there really isn't anything that exists like that for, for Wi-Fi. Um, most of that stuff, like you said, is uh, managed by individuals or uh, small, or well, it could be uh, campuses and the like, but, mm -hmm. but there is no sort of universal Wi-Fi database. Most yeah. of that stuff is crowdsourced. Wow, very interesting. Uh, so we're actually going to pause there for another commercial break. When we come back, more from Scott. Hello, everyone. This is Mike Bolin, lead analyst at Street Fight, and I'd like to talk to you today about Brandify, which is Street Fight's parent company. It's a local marketing company that provides a range of services for brands with brick and mortar store locations. So that's everything from retail stores to restaurants and moving companies and banks and healthcare providers and several other verticals. And Brandify manages the digital outposts where most consumers encounter these businesses today. So we're talking Google Maps and Facebook, Yelp, Apple Maps, and Bing. And the name of the game is really to create a compelling presence on these sites and apps and to engage with consumers more effectively using advanced reputation management tools. And this is all really compelled by the fact that 97% of consumers regularly search online for local businesses. So brands today can't afford to be missing from all those channels or lack multimedia content or contact information or visible responses to customer feedback. So Brandify synthesizes and optimizes all these channels through a local market platform and it's all about standing out and winning the loyalty and lifetime value of tech savvy consumers so to learn more visit brandify.com so we're back my guest is Scott Gordon so Scott for the break we were talking a lot about um, the different kind of endpoints of your technology and not only that but some of the exciting things that are kind of emerging now new kind of 
vertical and functional opportunities of expansion, the advent of 5G and what that might mean in terms of additional validation for location signals in your kind of hybrid model of bringing together lots of approaches. Um, we, we always like to ask to kind of close this off. What, what are you working on now that you're most excited about? Um, or, or what can we all expect from Polaris in 2020 or, or even beyond? Yeah, I think from an application perspective uh, that, that I'm most excited about is, is serving the emergency services community and specifically E911 callers. I think uh, I'm really looking forward to, uh, you know, leveraging our technology in that space. So uh, ho hopefully, uh, as carriers introduce uh, technology to uh, provide 3D location to the public safety answering points, that uh, we're a part of that part of that that solution. So uh, right now, you, you, the the carriers are, are making those decisions. So this this is something I'm looking forward to as being a part of a part of that of that ecosystem, and and delivering a solution for for public safety. That's great. So it sounds like a, a lot uh, could potentially happen in terms of those decisions and culminating, um, you know, in, in the next uh, kind of several months. So that's great. We wish you the best of luck there. So uh, we talked about the, you know, the your goals, you know, in terms of the company and where you hope things are going to be kind of moving and things you're excited about. What about on a personal level, your personal goals for 2020? <laughs> Yeah, I've got an odd one. So again, this is not this is not career development or anything like that. It's uh, I uh, again, I played soccer, but I was also a little bit of a runner back in the day. So this sounds like a, uh, a, a, a maybe for some who are listening, a, a, an easy goal to achieve. But for where I'm at in my life, it's not so easy. I'd like to be able to run a six minute mile. Ah, so yeah, uh, yeah that uh, you know something I'm targeting for for 2020. So I got to lose a little weight and get in a little better shape, but uh, I'd like to be able to run a six minute mile. That's great. And, and, and I'm thinking go. there has to be an app for that, for just kind of managing <laughs> the process and the milestones. And, you know, probably, you know, um, I'm not sure if you have gotten into things like Apple Watch and health trackers and stuff like that, but there's obviously a lot of good stuff there in terms of technologies. Um, so that's actually a great place to end it. That's all the time we have. I want to thank you, Scott, for spending time with us. Oh, thanks for having me. Really enjoyed it. Yeah, this was fun. Um, and thank you all for listening. Stay tuned for future episodes of Heard on the Street. You can find us on streetfightmag.com. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts. Also, stay tuned for lots more writings and multimedia from Street Fight. So this has been Heard on the Street. I'm Mike Boland. Thanks for listening. Thanks.